Hello and welcome to Ember Football Podcast. I'm Andrew and alongside me is Callum. Callum, how are we doing this evening? Not too bad, mate, not too bad. I've got a wee bit of a cold, so I'm struggling on, but uh, aye, not too bad. Yourself? Yeah, fine, thank you. I was actually down at Tincastle today earlier. I uh, had a wee physio appointment down there and it was nice to take in uh, the new heart stand. I know you've been at Tincastle a few times, unfortunately, to see poor hip results nonetheless, but it was nice to see the nice to see the, the new stand and I have to say I was very impressed. But uh, on to the, the podcast, Callum. No hips and hearts. So we start with Ember City. Aye, well, right in. Uh, well, where, where do we start? It's, it's not been a good couple of weeks for Embraer City, in all honesty. Um, draw last week, defeat uh, at the weekend there to, to Stirling Albion, 1-0. That's not the reaction we expected after the previous week. No, I think uh, with the way City had been playing, certainly, you, you would have thought that they would have easily taken six points out of these two. Maybe not easily, I think that's that's perhaps a bit too harsh, but... To be 2-0 up at Berwick last week and then to get beat 1-0 off Stiller Albion teams that were 8th and ninth in the table really it's it's not been ideal preparation for them to to maintain their league challenge I think they were massively helped out so they played the get out of jail free cards by Clyde scoring twice in the last 5 minutes up at Peterhead which is massive to, to maintain the you know, means that Peterhead didn't gain any sort of ground on them, but it's it's not been an ideal two weeks for the citizens. No, it certainly hasn't. You know, and if you if you also put in that Callum Conrad Balotoni coming off quite early in the game, they had players missing um, at the weekend as well. You know, Black was out. Black's now injured, you know, yeah. Handling's still out. Josh and and John Dunn are still are still out on, on the treatment table. So, squads getting that a little bit thin again and. Previous week, Callum, they said when Henderson doesn't score, uh, they need other players, sorry, to start chipping in mm-hmm. more than just Henderson. And with limited chances in the game, it was almost like they were relying on Henderson. And it's just, it's just need to find a way to get back to winning. It's, it's certainly that thing. I mean, obviously, Blair Henderson's in the form of his life. He's in the best season of his career so far. You know about three hundred goals so far this season. It's <laughs> it's absolutely remarkable. So I think for because he's been so reliable in front of goal, you can almost understand why other players have been reliant on him. But the thing is, he's not going to be on form every week. You know, like these, um, even Messi has a bad game. So <laughs> you've you've got to temper that with. Other players pitching in. Not that, not that I'm saying that other players aren't pulling their weight at all. I think that the fact that they were missing Andy Black, who helps Mark Laird's game immensely, just in that role. So, because they were missing him, and obviously Balatoni goes off injured with with the goal that they lose. The first header is definitely something that Balatoni would have attacked mm. and possibly would have won. First half, certainly, Cal, neither keeper really tested. Uh, there were certainly chances, but probably poor finishing, in all honesty. Uh, the goal itself, it came in... Uh, it came in the second half? Yes, it yes, did. second half. came in the second half, just making sure. Um, and it's a goal, yeah, a disappointing goal to lose. Yeah. Like you say, the first header isn't won, it's sort of flicked it's a, in. It's a free header that the guy should not be getting in, yeah. in the box there from about 12 yards and... I mean that header's doing nothing, but the thing is they 
East, uh, sorry, East Fife, where am I going with that? Uh, Stirling Albion are punched up at the back post there. So the markers can't get past the first two men, which leaves the leaves the boy free to header that back. But I think if if Balotoni had been on, he's he's the one that has been the sort of mainstay of, of the team. He has been the one that attacks the ball. He's an absolute animal in the air. Mm. So he goes after that ball. Whether or not he wins the header, it's certainly not it wouldn't be a free header. So the connection might not have been as good. But the boy Smith is in front of Laird and manages to get a flick on it and take it into the far corner. Yeah, and also another point there is actually it's Craig Thompson. Someone been we've been so um so much praise has come his way so far this season with his performances, but maybe this switches off a little bit the front post calm. He's in that front area to to, to protect that front area. Uh, but the ball goes to the back. Usually uh, you, you, your job would then be to go back onto the, on, on the onto the post but he just sort of hovers uh, off the post and he can't react quick enough to clear it off the line had he been on the post it would have been the simplest of tasks just, just, to, just to hoof that clear so uh, perhaps that lack of concentration but I think you're bang on Balotone in the park probably does more uh, to, to, to defend the original, the original cross Callum chances did come in by the city's way there's no doubt about that Henderson and a couple uh, there was a free kick right in the edge of the box as well that was just went straight over the bar. You're just thinking it's just not one of their days, but that's yeah, that, you know that's one point from the last the last two. You, like you say though, worst run yeah, in, the, in the league this season. They've yeah. never they've never gone two games without a win. Which considering you know the two previous seasons they've had in the lone league, to say that this season in January is amazing. And it really is testament to the season they've had so far. But as we've said for so long, if you want to be winning leagues, you can't go three games without a win. You could say, yeah, listen, we're lucky. Uh, you know, oh, thank, you know, thank goodness Peter Head didn't win. Mm-hmm. But that's that is that the answer? Because you know, I remember I listened to Pep Guardiola uh, speaking a wee while ago, Callum. He said they lost that game, and he said last season every time we lost or we dropped points, they won the next game. They won the next game and it took all the pressure off because teams are like, oh damn, you know. Yeah. So they, that game the weekend that that's gonna hurt because you had the opportunity there to get that well, advantage it. back. You, you flip you flip it on. Oh well, Peter Head lost, so we've not lost any ground. But you flip that round. Peter Head lost. We could have built up, up more of a lead, etc. So it's that sort of mentality mm-hmm. that, you know, it's the last five minutes that Clyde stays something, and now the problem is was just City and Peterhead. Clyde, over the last you know six weeks, two months, they've won at Ainsley Park against City, they've won up at Peterhead, so they're now in the mix. Mm-hmm. And what you're not wanting is, you know, because Clyde finished the season very strongly last year mm-hmm. in a run to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. They've got quality in Goodwillie and John Rankin. Mm-hmm. You're not wanting them to be in the mix as well. Yeah, yeah good shout, Cal. Good shout. Well, this weekend, it's Queen's Park they took the place of uh, Sterling Albion after Sterling Albion's three points so it's Queen's Park their eighth and it's funny because you couldn't have asked for a better run the yeah. last three weeks you know you had Berwick Rangers Sterling Albion and now Queen's Park Calm Queen's Park eighth 2-2 last weekend against Albion Rovers but looking deeper in that Calm their last league victory was the 10th of November so you're playing a team two Who months was that, against, though? That, was, that was against Peterhead believe so it or not you go. but you know, they played, I think, uh, Ember City two weeks after that. Ember City uh, two beat no. them 2-0 at, at two NC no, Park. But Park, yeah. the point of the matter is, they're playing a team with no wins in the last two months, league wins in the last two months. 
This has we've said it again, but this has to be three points at the National Stadium. This has to be three points at the National Stadium. As we said when City went through the first time to play Queen's Park, the big man is definitely looking to get a goal there. He's never scored at Hamden, so he's wanting to make a mark. I think that that is a big opportunity for him to to get get his first goal at Hamden and realistically I think it is a must win you know we were sitting here a few weeks ago talking about what a week City have had you know beat Elgin beat Annan get a draw against Peterheads and you know they're seven from nine that that's what we said they needed the minimum so uh, uh, the minimum they needed from those three games and then they followed that up with some poor results mm. so for them they need to bounce back and well there's no better place to bounce back than at, than at the National Stadium and hopefully it's a wee three points for the boys. there is good memories there as well. You know, they were through yeah. there at the start of the season and a comfortable 2-0 win. 2-0 win. What a goal from Graham Taylor as well. What an absolute goal of the season contender. Transfers, Callum. There's been, as ever in January, and ever in January, you have uh, the rumour mill going round and we'll speak in, but it's City's rumours that we've seen on Twitter in the last couple of days. Uh, the first one, Rudy Scatchell coming in as a player coach. You see anything in that? Obviously ties with Jim Jeffries, who's perhaps it's involved in the club, but Did maybe. Jeffries? Well, Jeffries is a jambo. Must, uh, I think I think in the second spell, yeah, he must have played. Perhaps, but uh, yeah, that that is an absolute wow. Uh, I think if if that comes off, well, fair enough, I'll eat my words, but I just I can't see it. I can't see it. I mean, I think Scatchell's looking to get involved with uh, the coaching side of the game, obviously. He has a great affinity with Edinburgh. He he loves Scotland, so I think that if he was looking for a coaching role, I'm sure that there is a team in Edinburgh that wouldn't be adverse to <laughs> offering him a wee coaching role, um, whether that is with under-20s or the, the, the main squad. I think that there is a team in Gorgie that would would look to bring him in purely just to have around the uh, the squad, etc. Just like a Gary Locke, you know? Pretty much. A, 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 a more talented Gary Locke. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think I think that if, if Schedule was going to come back to Edinburgh, then, you know, if, if City could get him, that would be a coup. I think it would be a fantastic signing because the thing is... More even, as a player than a coach? Well, even, even if he is pulling <laughs> on his boots, I think in his last spell at Hearts, a few friends of mine used to say that the thing was he, he didn't run about much at all but any time he got the ball 30 yards from goal you you stood up you got excited and the thing is in league two you're 100% shoot on sight <laughs> and with that wand of a left foot he's got you know that odds are he'll score a few goals so we're not sure if that'll happen or not if it does it would be exciting to see the least and uh, perhaps a wee money maker for the club as well but yes. the other rumour we've seen Callum uh, again, I don't foresee this one happening, but Lewis Allen apparently rumoured with Edinburgh City according to Twitter. Quite frankly, I think someone's just decided to pick a young Hibs player and just say yeah, link well, with Edinburgh City. Came, but... It came from a Hibs account that I saw it on, and I yeah. I'll I'll be honest and say we've spoken about it today, and I think we've both agreed that it's going to be nonsense. I think yeah. he he was there last season. He barely got a look in, and I think City needs cover in other areas. Yeah. Than, than striker. He, he yeah. came in. He came in uh, under Gary Jordan. Gary Jordan had in the season before. Mm-hmm. Gary Jordan got him back w- when Gary was in charge at, at Edinburgh City. McDonough came in, and and, and McDonough, uh, essentially, wasn't he wasn't required at Edinburgh City and moved him on to back back to Hibs, where where Lewis Allen finished playing the twenties for the rest of the season. So, 
that in itself will say that yeah, I can't I think, see it happening. I think, I think that rumour is just exactly that. It's Someone's overheard it in a pub. Um, a guy just fancies retweets. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, <laughs> I always remember my dad saying one of his proudest moments was sitting in a pub and he came up with a ridiculous transfer rumour involving Meadowbank Thistle. And it, <laughs> he, they, they were uh, talking about it in a stage whisper and about two weeks later, it ended up in the evening news. And I think that's one of his proudest moments of his life. Clipping still on the wall? <laughs> Pretty much. It's, it's, it's up there. It's up there. It's framed. Uh, but uh, to be fair, I couldn't even remember the rumour. But there we are. That's 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 how these things start. But we'll, we'll move on. We'll move on. Can't we cut up with uh, Gary Chenarazzo, the Spartans uh, defender, earlier on? Really good conversation with him, speaking about Spartans, but also his, his history in terms of his football career thus far. Not just speaking about his youth youth career through Cowdenbeath on Timber City but also his stints abroad well apologise for some of the sound quality it's not uh, it's not brilliant but we hope you enjoy it nonetheless thank you for joining us Gary much, much appreciated Gary it's two one all draws for, for Spartans in the last uh, the last two fixtures but for the last three games you've, you've found yourself out of position really you know you're usually playing the left hand side uh, but you found yourself playing it at centre half How's that? How's that been for you? Have you quite comfortable, or has it been, you know, quite challenging? Um, actually, um, no, it's been it's been good, mate. Um, you know, obviously, it's not the position I've played regularly. I've played there maybe twice in my career, so I uh, had to adjust a little bit. But sort of gave me a new sort of determination to sort of you know make sure I don't let the boys down. And, uh, I'm experienced enough to you know to understand the game. And you get to read the game actually from centre back, so. Well, it's been good, mate, and I've, I've, I've enjoyed it. And um, obviously, the team itself, we've not delivered in the results, sort of thing. But no, it's been, it's been good. Enough. It's been a challenge, and uh, I think I've, I've done well there. So, just got to keep it going and for however long I play there. <laughs> right, so, uh, Gary, we came along to the game against Civil, and to be fair, you played very well at centre half that day. And. You know, obviously, one all draw wasn't the result you were wanting. Probably not the result that you deserved that day. But you know, in terms of the rest of the season, is it just a case of trying to finish as high as you can and then try and win the Football Nations Cup to get a wee bit of silverware at the end? Yeah, absolutely. You're spot on there. That's it. You've got to you've got to aim to just get as many points as we can. Like not looking too far ahead. You've got to take it a game at a time and. Uh, you know, just try and get a better position on the table. You know, we've we've not used to standard this year that um, we're used to, and um, so we've got some you know big games still to come, and a lot of things have happened. But um, yeah, I think I think the goal is just to, to you know to deliver on the pitch, get better performances, and yeah, get the three points every game as many as we can, and try and you know finish as high as we can, and uh, we'll see how it goes. But obviously, it's been disappointing. So, but uh, yeah, we just need to focus and uh, keep working hard. Yeah, I know it's. It's probably not the best time to try and do it in review because I imagine that you know it is, it is pretty uh, disappointing the results of the last couple the last couple of weeks. But uh, mo- mo- moving on, Gary. Obviously, you started your career at, at Cowdenbeath. Uh, we played against each other at, at that level a long time ago now. But uh, you then went on to you went on to the juniors. And then we became teammates at Edinburgh City. Uh, I think in the two thousand and eleven two thousand and twelve season. I think it was Gary, and you were part of the team there that actually won won the Image Pinters back then. Uh, the first. Uh, Edinburgh City team to win a, a cup for uh, 13 attempts so uh, what were your memories of that time obviously you know if you're playing again with, with Ian McFarland at Spartans but have you got memories from that time when, when you were first uh, your first case at East of Scotland football then, then with, with Edinburgh City yeah no that was that was fantastic I loved my time at Edinburgh City albeit one season um, I loved you know working with that guy and playing with a 
yeah, winning that trophy, obviously, being your first season, I never knew that stat about you having uh, one in 13 attempts, but no, it was great to get a win, and I think we played at Ainsley Park as well, so obviously, never more playing for Spartans and stuff, so that's the goal for us is to win trophies, but no, I enjoyed my time there, and uh, you can't beat winning a trophy, you know, as a team, and that's, that's the goal, every, every player wants to win trophies, so. Alright, so uh, Gary, you only spent the the one season at say moving on to Spartans where you helped them win the inaugural Lowland League. Fantastic achievement. But what I wanted to ask was, do you think that that team then would have gone up in the pyramid system? Because obviously it wasn't a thing that first season, but do you think you would have had a chance of going up um, that year? Yeah, well, we, we had a really good team then, and obviously, like you say, we couldn't have progressed and got to the playoffs, you know, but it's just to know, like, um, you don't know what team we would have faced at that time, you know, obviously now, but you've got Cole, which are a top team, so, and they seem to be now dominating the Highland League, so, and obviously we've seen last year how good they were, so, um, but no, listen, obviously the team got then, yeah, I think we, if we had the opportunity, I wouldn't say why not, you know, we'd have fancied ourselves anyway, we had a lot of good players in that team, so, um, yeah, I would definitely fancy us to go up for sure. After after Spartans, Cal, uh, Gary, you, you took a little uh, time out from Scottish football. I don't know why I said Callum there, but you took a lot of time out from <laughs> Scottish football. You you uh, went uh, across to the states to play for Tulsa to Tulsa Roughnecks, and then you then went over to Czech Republic, Gary, and you played for FK Vansdorf. Is that right? Um, yeah, but what you. was your, you know, is that an experience that you would recommend to any young player that's striving for first team football or full time football? Should I say? And how has those experiences benefited you as a player coming back to Scotland? Yeah, listen, I, I took a chance, you know, and uh, it was always a goal of mine to, you know, try and get back to playing full-time football or have the opportunity to play at a high level. And uh, to go abroad, you know, I could never imagine that. Like, if you told me maybe 10 years ago, I would have played at America at a high level and uh, check, you know, it's, it's a team come true. So to go on hard work and just, you know, when the opportunity came around, I jumped it and... It's the best thing I've ever done, you know, going abroad and seeing different styles, especially the American style and training over America against you know, top, top teams and then obviously going to the Czech and, you know, experiencing the European style. So, no, I couldn't have asked for any better. And uh, as I said, I loved it. It's definitely made me a better player playing at a high level. And, you know, as I said, I worked hard every day for the last you know, 10 years to just always give myself an opportunity to play at a high level and uh, to be able to go and play in, you know, foreign countries and, as I said, it was a dream come true, and yeah, it's definitely made me a better player, a better person. And you know, it's not easy going abroad and on your own. You know, you've got some difficult times in that, but um, definitely would recommend it to anyone. As I said, um, you know, Scotland's good, good level of football as well, but uh, experience different cultures and different styles of play is yeah, I would recommend it to any player. Are you surprised, Gary, that that more players, you know, don't go and do that? You know, I, I mean, I cer- certainly. You've played by a lot of players that play, have played a good level, and I think you know, people talk down the Scottish game, saying that the, the style, you know, type of player and the level of player isn't very good. But you know, you've played decent level abroad, certainly a very good level over in the Czech Republic. Is it a level of football you think Scottish players with a bit more drive could actually go and play regular abroad, a full time football? Yeah, absolutely. Like I've, I've played with many players in Scotland, very good players that could easily go abroad, but then it just comes down to like you know, mindset, attitude and, you know, what they're looking for. Like, um, in terms of ability-wise, yeah, there's, you know, when I was in Czech, played with a you know, high-level caliber of players and, you know, in America also, some really good players. And, yeah, I've got no doubt there's other players in Scotland that could go and do that. It's just, um, whether 
together and you've got, you know, the ambition to take every chance. Uh, you know, I had to go for a trial, especially for Czech, you know, so I took that opportunity, I took a risk and, you know, if it failed, I'll be it. But sometimes you've got to take a risk to, you know, get that opportunity. So if players were willing to do that, then I would honestly recommend it because then, you know, if you can come back and say you've done something and uh, it will make it a better player and a better person because, yeah, the Scottish game, is, it, it gets a hard time, but you go over the different styles and stuff, but yeah, there's a lot of good Scottish players out there, and uh, I think uh, a lot of people are harsh in our game, but I think a lot of good players, I think no problem with play abroad, it just depends on you know, what they fancy themselves. Yeah, certainly hats off to you, Gary, you know, you, like you say, you, you took a chance, but it's, as you say, it's benefited you, not just football-wise, but as a person as well, and coming back to, to Scotland, you're, you're back at part-time, but you've used the opportunity now to to start your own business. Um, Bellissimo Vino, uh, you've been... I kind of get you off the phone you've been constantly pestering me to come on and promote your business so you know here's 30 seconds <laughs> <laughs> here's 30 seconds for you to go and listen tell us a little bit what you're doing just now because you know you're working hard so I think it's only fair that we give you the chance to, to go and speak about what you're doing well I appreciate that mate um, so yeah obviously starting my own wine business uh, me and my brother and uh, yeah it's going really well so we've been you know, hard to run for about six months now and obviously I import wines uh, and Prosecco and stuff from Italy so you know, it's from my dad's home region, so it's quite unique to us. And, uh, yeah, so when we wholesale to businesses, bars, restaurants and stuff, and, yeah, we do functions, and uh, it's going really well. So, yeah, just working hard in the background, and, um, as I said, it's just an exciting time, and, as I said, I'm happy to focus on the business and still play football as well. Yeah, good stuff, Gary. Listen, we wish you all the best uh, for the rest of the season. Hopefully, uh, come the end of the season, it's, uh, you know, you're... Spartans do finish a bit further up the table and, and like you say you're still in a cup so perhaps you'll be celebrating with a, a glass of red wine over the Football Nations Cup Absolutely Well <laughs> pleasure guys thanks very much hopefully <laughs> Take care thank you again Gary Alright take care cheers mate Big thanks to Gary for coming on the show there and yeah just in all nice, nice chatting to him Yeah fantastic I'm, I'm very much looking forward to the discounted wine that we're going to be offered for the rest of the season due to that plug that we gave him and <laughs> Hopefully Spartans fare better than after we had Subo on the show, where they went about three months without a win. So that's true. Um, if 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 Spartans <laughs> win on Saturday, we can blame Subo for that. If not, then it might be the curse of the podcast. It may well be, but it was Subo they had to thank on Saturday. There, Callum, it was uh, a one-all draw uh, with Whitehall Welfare two weeks in a row. They had a, a one-all draw. Um, disappointing. You know, we didn't really go into too much detail there with, with Gary, but a disappointing draw. Uh, they went 1 0 down. Uh, Keane with a, an unstoppable shot past uh, Blair Carswell, and it took a late goal from from Amy McFarland, who's uh, chasing more goals than red cards for, for Spartans now. He's hunting down that, so. It certainly makes a change. <laughs> but, um, and he could actually snatch a, a winner late on, which would have been really surprising. Um, but, yeah, it's not, not the result Spartans were really looking for, and I think that was. Probably, if I'm honest, the final nail in in the league. The the final nail in in the old uh, double uh, chasing back to back title winners. I think perhaps yes, mathematically it's still on. Of course, you know thirteen points is not insurmountable, but it certainly leaves them with a lot to do. They they really have to hope that other results go their way, and you know they. They have to win every game from now until the end of the season, which yeah. is a is a tough ask in itself, knowing that they have to go through to East Kilbride. But I think uh, the boy the boy Keane that's go for Whitehill, that's he's the scourge of 
our Edinburgh teams because it was his absolute cracker against Edinburgh Uni that knocked him out the Scottish. So <laughs> he's um, he's got previous for this, but for large parts of the game, I genuinely thought that it was going to be a one 0 defeat, which would have been a disaster almost. So mm. they managed to rescue something at the depth, and it's it's good to it's good to see friend of the show getting on the score sheet there. Yeah. Smith comes uh, makes a turn comes off the bench that's certainly positive as, as we've spoke about in, in recent weeks they have been light so it certainly gives it an option again uh, to pick from but again Callum in January there's still a lack of bodies really coming in from well, from outside but uh, it's just a waiting game really well yeah obviously you're not wanting to rush in and not get quality so of course you're wanting to make uh, wait for the right moment to make your move but you've got Chen playing in it at centre half there where you know albeit yeah we saw him in civil he was very impressive and he's he's playing well there but you know his natural position's out out on the left hand side so he can he can do a better job there it really is something that Spartans need to address and the fact that Jack Smith's back that, that could be huge because mm-hmm. let's be honest top goal scorer last season He's got quality. Yeah. Top three in a cup. Would that be this moment in time they're finished in the top three and they do were to win uh, the cup that they're still in? Would you see that in all? Dust yourself down and say, you know what, it's not a bad season in the end of where it could have been and, and just move on and, and try and build on for next season? It's it's certainly respectable, I think, given where they are just now. And if they turn up round in the second half of the season and then they can dust themselves down and go again because I think the lone league is just going to get harder yeah. with every every passing year because it will be another junior team that comes up and another junior team that is f- absolute money to throw everywhere. So yeah. realistically, it is going to get tougher and tougher um, with, the, with the conferences and everything. So it'll be tough, but I think if, if they came, came top three and came out out at the end of the season with a trophy I think they pat themselves on the back it's not a bad season it's a good point you make Callum about the Lone League it really is only going to get stronger every team that comes in is going to be let's be honest far superior to the team that's dropping out Yeah. Uh, the junior teams are joining here our Super League junior teams are going to be coming through uh, we've seen what the likes of uh, Genefield have done to, yeah. to East Colbride they've done to Civil and this what, even like Linlithgow Rose or so it was it was, or it was, it was Linlithgow or Bonnerig that what they did to the BSC yeah. you know so I think and you look how strong they are and there's rumours I've heard that, that perhaps down the line Callum the West of Scotland teams are going to be looking as well Oof. so then you're looking at your Auchinleck your Irvin Meadows your uh, Glen Aftons the list goes on uh, yep. if you've got a West of Scotland and an East of Scotland league both below the Lone League it's going to take about 10-15 years for this to bed in but when it does what a league that's going to be and to be fair and that's not saying that team's going to be dropping in from League 2 either well of course that's the thing if <laughs> if someone if someone does uh, watch the Oracle and copies what your lot did a few years ago then hey hats off to them but looking at who could come into that league you know fair enough Albion Rovers they look most likely they've been pretty brutal this season I think uh, so but it's probably yeah. going to be Albion or, or, or Berwick who would both go into yeah. the Lone League. And you, you, I think you'd fancy your chances. Or Queen's Park. 
I think. Or Sterling. <laughs> all four. You know, all, all, all right, okay, let's just. Yeah, but the bottom four, what I'm saying is all, all that bottom four drop in the yeah, Of course. Uh, but. <coughs> sorry, excuse me. I think any of them, sorry, whoever wins the, the playoff between the Lowland and the Highland League this year will fancy their chance against either one of those. So, looking into it, it's it's a league that if you're wanting to get through the pyramid system, you're wanting to do it in the next few years. Agreed. Because it's going to get a lot harder. Agreed. Very quickly. Agreed. Callum, a bit off, uh, off track there, but BSC yeah. this weekend, BSC currently second in, in the Lonely, I think. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, because Kelly didn't, didn't win. So yeah, BSC second. Uh, they, they drew with Civil last weekend, but BSC, they beat Spartans... Uh, 3-2. 3-2 a few months ago. 2-1 um, down at half time. So. Yeah. A tough game. It's a tough game, and realistically, talking about wanting them to finish as high as they can, they've got seven points behind them at this moment in time. You know, cut that gap straight away. You know, little little modicum of revenge, and you know, get get that three points, eh? Mm. Like, just play like I think you if can. It, yeah, and, like you say, you pick up three points. Suddenly, it's not. We're not just speaking here about maybe let's try and get top three. It's can we finish second? Yeah, and well, not just the thing is. If Spartans go on a run and just keep winning, and as as Gary said, take it one game at a time, not focus on what other teams are doing, and just keep going and keep going, then you never know. You never know, and that's why football's the greatest game in the world. Yeah. So we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. So speaking of BSC, Carmel, they obviously played Civil at the weekend, so if we focus in on Civil Service Strollers now, it was a tight game. Uh, you fancied them, they say they could have gone, you fancied them, sorry, and said they could go through there and pick up all three points. I think they could. Well, yeah. I, I said a point would be a good result, but it's one of them, isn't it? It's uh, you take the res- you take a point under the right circumstances. You don't take a point in the circumstances that they got their point. I Agreed. Think. And well, why was that, Cal? Well, it's a it's a one-all draw, but several take the lead with seven minutes to go, and you're just thinking, see that out, and that would have been a fantastic result. I think the. Judging from newspaper reports, they were under the cosh a little bit. I think it was more of an even game than uh, was perhaps reported. I think uh, Civil might not have tested BSC as much, but they certainly had a lot of the ball. So BSC passed up a few chances, but you know Hammy's in the right place at the right time to get on on the end of a Stephen Froud delivery and you know put someone nil up. And you just think, see that out. Seven minutes to go. Civil are good enough to defend that. And unfortunately, four minutes later, BSC had equalised. Yeah, and it was a player that I mentioned, Callum, that they'd have to try and nullify Martin Green and that, that provides the assist. Absolute nonsense. All you talked about last week was Tamar. This, <laughs> this, is, this is not hard. Yeah, but if we've got another guy uh, mentioned. No, so, yeah, Martin Green's pullback and then Declan Hughes is the boy who put it past uh, Josh Donaldson. So, look, at the start of the game last week when we were talking, we said that it would be a good a good point, you know, for Civil. They they are more than capable of going through there and getting something out of the game, which was proven, but the circumstances it comes down to, you take the lead so little time left, you're wanting to go through and, you know, finish the job. I can't remember off the top of my head exactly what minute uh, Spartans equalised, but in fact, that's actually nonsense would... anyway because Spartans were a two-clock kicker, but what I'm saying was... With similar to the Ember yep. City story here, Spartans have dropped points. Civil had the opportunity with seven minutes to go to actually go above them at that moment yep. in time. So, but this weekend it's Whitehall welfare. Yep. From Civil's point of view, they'll be thinking 
Spartans have got a difficult game. Uh-huh. They've got Whitehall Welfare, bottom of the league. A game here, they need to be thinking, if we can pick up three points here, we could, beta- we could perhaps get into fourth by yeah, the end, by, by quarter to five um, on, on Saturday. You know, they're on a decent wee run at the moment, you know, about what, seven games undefeated, so they've gone to a tough place. Uh, well, two wee games, row, two wee know, games in a row. Two tough away games in a row, and, you know, they've come away undefeated. They're back at the Christie Gillis. They're very, very strong at the Christie Gillis. So, I really think that they could. They could. Um, I mean, Whitehill. It took a last minute goal to to beat them, uh, Churchy, uh, when they went down to Rosewell. So, I would think that it'll be more comfortable this time around. But Whitehill really need to start picking up points. And yeah. how many times do you see it with teams that are? Uh, teetering on the brink, they managed to pull off that uh, shock result. So well, they only lost. Yeah, Whitehill, you know they're bottom, and, and it's funny, but they are now a team where before they're maybe losing comfortably, like never really in a game. But they only lost two at the BSC. They drew one all with Spartans last week. So they are a team that are are closing the gap, and you know it took a late winner to beat them last time up at Rosewell. So. Yeah. It could the, be. It's it going to be a tough game. There's no it, easy game though. The, the manager was it Ian Little now. I think he, what was it, twelve, twelve of the the squad or something like that was was under twenty one hmm. for the game against Spartan. So they've got basically young guys that are in and you know just champing at the bit to get get involved. So yeah. it's hey, it's going to be a very tough game for for Civil, but one that they have to win if they're wanting to break into that top four. Okay, Embra Uni now, Callum. Uh, a decent result. You know, battle of the unis. We said that was the gap between them. It was important that Embra Uni maybe got a bit of revenge or, or certainly improved performances or improved results that they'd received off the, from still in uni. Uh, in the past, it took a couple of... <coughs> a couple of... Uh, doings. Doings, really, yeah. But, but no better word. And one all draw, away from home... That's not a bad result. It's not a bad result, but it sort of falls into the category that we were just talking about with civil service because the uni took the lead through Ross Waters um, about 17 minutes to go. See that out. Mm-hmm. You know, see that out. And then, unfortunately, a few minutes later, uh, they give away a penalty and Sterling get back into the game. I think that would have been a bit of a smashing grab if... The uni had had come away with the three points. I think um, Stirling had large spells of possession, and they were. I wouldn't say the better team, but they definitely definitely had more opportunities. And the uni do what they do when they're they're away from home. They they grind out results, you know, and that's exactly what they did. And I think it's a it's a good point at the end of the day. But again, it could have been three. So this weekend, Callum, they are... This weekend, they are at home to East Stirling, which well, was a fantastic result for them at the Falkirk Stadium. Two weeks in a row, no, two weeks in a row though, Callum, they're playing teams quite close to them. Mm-hmm. And so, at home, like you say, East Stirling were 2-0 down with 15 minutes to go against Kelty. Uh, they brought it back with two, oh, yeah, right. two late goals. They got back to 2-2 in the 86th minute. Kelty then take the, retake the lead in the 92nd minute and then Easton equalise in the 95th minute last kick of the game and it finishes 3-3 so that'll be a team that will I think be confident with themselves after that impressive uh, comeback I think if you look at it 
and Easterling's two previous visits to Edinburgh so far this season, they have been absolute goal fests. Yeah, true. Like, it's two four threes. Mm. They got beat 4-3 off Spartans, eh, which they might feel they were a tad unlucky with. A eh, couple of red cards, a couple of penalties, an absolute barnstorming game. And then they won 4-3 at the Christy Gillis eh, against Civil. So, guaranteed to be a nil-nil now. <laughs> eh, but again... What do you think here? Would you say a point's not a bad result? Or I, think, think... I think if they're undefeated, yeah, it's not a bad result. But I think, again, they've not won for a few weeks now. And that mm. is just... That's creeping up. I mean, I think it's four or five games now that they've not won. And it's just... It, that keeps going. Yeah, you're right. And then you just get sucked down that little bit more because other teams are picking up points. And it's yeah, just... You're right, you're right. It's not the position that they want to be in. Yeah, fair point, fair point. Okay, Catmull, well, it's, three, it's, it's three home games in the Lone League, so it's certainly a lot to pick from for, for our fans. Hibs and Hearts again, still not in action. Yep. Ember City through at Hamden. So, again, if you've not got anything to do, then there's three three home games to pick from. Yeah, and fantastic choices. I mean, I think you're looking at Edinburgh Uni, chances of it being an absolute goal fest. They've also got cracking cake. So <laughs> True that. Spartans BSC that, that's two heavyweights going up against each other the chicken curry pie is brilliant as well <laughs> and then you've got civil service at home to um, Whitehill Welfare which possibly could be a comfortable home win and you can get a decent wee shot of Bovril at the Christie Glass <laughs> so that's and by the way that is all it is. <laughs> that, is, that is, a decent, is a wee shot of Bovril, yeah. Um, but a one gulp. Uh, pretty much, yes. There's, there's no sipping that. <laughs> it's, it's an aperitif of Bovril at the Christie Killers. A moosh bush Bovril. <laughs> okay, Cal, moving on. So, no heads hearts, but uh, as ever, they are... They January are, linked with several players and move, movements happening constantly. So, if we start with... We'll start with Hibs because there's certainly more rumours... And if I'm honest, yeah. probably more requirement for players in. So Certainly is. Yeah. We'll start there. So I think there's there's no better place really to start with uh, with Ryan Gold. He's the one that, you know, apparently it's done, it's done, the loan deal's done. Is it a loan with a move to permanent? We're not sure. But it's still not being confirmed. Well, so <laughs> what, what I find astounding is Lenin was in the paper the other day talking about how there is there could be potential to make Ryan Gold's loan deal permanent at the end of the season. Ryan Gold hasn't got a loan deal at this moment in time. <laughs> uh, I think Hibs fans on Twitter went into a frenzy seeing Scott Allen starting to f- well started following Ryan Gold on Instagram, which led a lot of fans to believe, well, it's happening. You know, Allen and Gold are in and suddenly Hibs have a bit of creativity in the midfield. But... So far, absolutely nothing. And the longer it goes on, the the more the excitement will build up regarding Ryan Gold. And when it does come true, if he is absolutely pissing, then I mean, it's it's an absolute <laughs> letdown, and it's all his fault because they dragged out this. Hmm. Do you think? Do you think they're maybe trying to look into the tweet? Yeah, sorry, looking into the Scott Allen following Gold. Do you think they may be trying to do a double announcement here of them both both deals confirmed? Or perhaps, moving on to... I mean, Scott Allen rumour is a given. 
I, I don't think we Scott, even have to... Scott Allen is the new Hibs Lee Griffiths rumour. Yeah. Every Allen, transfer window that he's not a Hibs player, Scott Allen has yeah. been liked. I don't think there's any point even speaking about the Scott Allen one, but do you think maybe they're just... Perhaps, they're wanting to just announce both at the same time. A double thing over in Dubai, yeah. maybe? Or do you think perhaps Hibs are looking see, see for, for the Ryan Gold one? Sorry. Do you think they'd be trying to make it permanent rather than the loan? Maybe that's what's delaying it a little bit longer? Perhaps, but see if the the moves are being delayed because they're wanting to do this double thing and get some like banter on Twitter, then I swear to God, it is the worst part out there. <laughs> Enough of this nonsense. Just get bodies in. I mean... The, the hip supporter raging enough at the fact that it's 22 quid for the Scottish Cup tie against Elgin I mean aye there you go 22 quid but we've no signed anyone yet to get you excited for that mm. it's an absolute farce just get someone in and make sure they're decent would you be excited with gold though would you be excited with gold I don't know I don't know the thing is yeah he's played several games over in Portugal, it's a different culture, just like what uh, Chen was saying, you know, you're learning more as a player, taking that risk. What what a risk he took going out there. He has played some games for Sporting Lisbon, he's been loaned out, there's been several managerial changes which might have affected his development. But do I think it would be I think it would be very interesting to see what he's like. But, you know, he could be fantastic or he could be like Islam Farouz. So who knows? I think mm-hmm. it would be a intriguing signing personally I think it would pay off but it's a wait and see at this moment in time. Scott Allen given love to see him back a waiting game 100% yeah and I mean you're looking at the other players well, Scott Allen 100% he's the prodigal son yeah. almost at this moment and I think um, Lewis Morgan someone I've not seen a lot of him quite honest he very rated highly at, at St Mirren obviously and, of course yeah uh, gets a move to Celtic I've only seen him once in a Celtic jersey if I'm honest and that was at Easter Road a few weeks ago and he missed a decent chance so that's all I've routine of him I think he was very good for something in last season I think anyone any any fan of theirs will say that he was absolutely wonderful so if he's going out on loan then you know with the news that Martin Boyle is out for the season Hibs do need cover in the wide areas because Thomas Aguipong when he's when he's playing what a player when he's not you know he's been injured the majority of his loan spell yeah. it's been pointless when you know you look how effective Brandon Barker was for Hibs last season Agreed. so I think Hibs need to get quality in out wide and we'll see what happens yeah uh, other ones are, that are sort of doing sorry one other one which is sort of almost has been confirmed goalkeeper Glover for Hibs and well I suppose it makes sense now knowing that Laidlaw has been told he can move on yeah I think obviously Hibs got the boy on trial he's at Tottenham must be of some standard to to be at that that level so we'll see but honestly stop signing Australians you know <laughs> I'm absolutely delighted they got pumped off Jordan you know yeah. um, it's normally yeah. the other way around but <laughs> <laughs> okay other <laughs> other didn't see that one anyway right, we'll move on we'll move on we'll move on other, right, you'll pay the price for that one Um <laughs> Come on, we've got a lot to talk know, about still. Come on, go on. Other rumours, Calm. There's two more names that are getting getting bashed around. Uh, is there any substance to them? I'm not very sure. Lewis Moult, his name's popped up on Twitter that I've seen. 
Uh, I think that's been heightened by the fact that they've brought in Stockley, is that correct? Jane Press, Stockley, yeah. Used to be brought in Jane team, Stockley. You know. So I think there's rumours for, for Aberdeen fans wanting to bring in Molt. There's rumours for, for Hibs bringing in Molt. Anything in that? Certainly somebody would take, but do you see anything in that? Certainly honestly? someone that Hibs would take, yes, but at this moment in time, I can't really see it. The other one, I think, is more just the fact that Michael O'Halloran, oh my God, what a, Michael O'Halloran has been released from his team in Australia, like Melbourne City or whatever it is, and he's looking to come back to Scotland. He was a fantastic player for St Johnston. Didn't really get a look in at Rangers. Pfft. Type of player that could come back and be fantastic. Type of player that could come back and be rotten. So hmm. it's one that I think Hibs should be looking at. I think a player that Hibs should have been looking at before was Adam Hamill, who's now moved to, to Scunthorpe. So, yeah. you know, there are players in the league and, you know, Hibs need bodies um, because, as has been seen, Effie's already gone. We spoke about that on the last podcast. Lennon's come out and said that he doesn't feel like he needs to replace him. Sackable offence right there because, yes, yes, he does. Um, I think, you know, that goal at Ibrox is sort of papered over a lot of Darren McGregor's cracks and I think it's... It's too early to be relying on Porteous week in, week out. So It's McGregor, McGregor, Hanlon and Porteous. That is the three That's it. The three set of halves. So, so you take one injury and all of a sudden you're you're toiling. So I think that another body has to be brought in. And if we're honest, two of them well and Porteous well and recently has had a knock, but Hanlon and McGregor this season have had stop start seasons. Yeah, exactly. I mean they both had injuries. You, you just don't know. You genuinely just don't know how mm. fit they are. I mean, Paul Hanlon is a fantastic player, but... I suppose you have got Milligan that can play centre-half, but... <sighs> but yeah, OK, so... He's about as slow as a week in the jail, so... <laughs> Slight little rumour as well, apparently McLaren linked with, with Melbourne City. If Hibs... That's yeah. out of Hibs' hands. Yeah. If, if, that, if that comes about... I mean, he's he's a lone player for Darmstadt. Yeah. If, if that that comes about, that's that's through them than more than Hibs. Hibs have no control over that. But something we spoke about, though, is... The fact that Hibs were to get Gold, if Hibs were to get Malin, if, <laughs> if Hibs were to get Allen, sorry, yeah. and, and Gold, and those type of players, creative players, Camberry and McLaren are going to score goals. They are. They are going to be phenomenal. I'm, it always comes back to the point. I mean, Camberry is apparently linked with a move to Bristol City on loan, which just seems baffling. But I think you look at it and the midfield that these guys had when they came in January last year, Alan, McGinn, McGeoch, no wonder they scored 17 goals between them in the, the, the second well. half of the yeah. season. Yeah, and Barker and Boyle. Yeah. I mean, this season, you've got, what, Stevie Mallon, who's no kicked the ball in about three months. I know. Well, he's two got... corners. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Cal, moving on to, to Hearts. Uh, as we said, probably not a lot of bodies required. I think they have got the squad there. Yeah, injuries of... are going to come back. Um, yeah. The injuries will be coming back this month, uh, possibly not Uchi, but the man, Vanacek, is an absolute ideal replacement because he's about six foot four, I think, and is being hailed as the messiah down Gorgi Way. Yeah, well, certainly. I mean, social media has gone has gone mad for him. And, and yes, has he's, no other way to put it. I mean, he's certainly doing the right things with what he's saying. I mean, the boy Milinkovic is a fan favourite, a sort of cult hero for Hearts because he just drove around and did live Instagram videos saying I can't um, duck 
the duck the hibs constantly. So <laughs> Donald Duck the Hibs. <coughs> just uh, iPhone autocorrector. <laughs> so that's he's he's saying all the right things. We'll see. We'll see what he's like. There's, I mean, the proof's in the pudding. What once he once he makes his debut, etc., in the Scottish Cup, then you know gets a run of games. The problem is we just don't know. I mean, you look at his stats. I think about one hundred ninety three games, fifty eight goals, something like that. Off the top of my head, he's, he's done well You're this season. Three what a goal every three games. Uh, it's not a bad. It's yeah. not a bad return rate. I think you've got to look at it and. We should ask Gani if played against him. Of course, every <laughs> chance. Um, but I think you've got to look at it. is he the type of player that is providing flick ons etc. Um, the link up play instead of finishing himself. So correct. He'll bring. He's a new. He's a new dimension for Hearts. It's a body in an area that they needed another body. They've also brought in was it Connor Shaughnessy from Leeds on loan to replace Jimmy Dunn, who to be fair I hadn't actually seen this on Twitter, but there's a page on Twitter that is just dedicated to Jimmy Dunn dances too right? and it's obviously a clip of Jimmy Dunn in, like, in the dressing room, someone's taking it I don't know, and he's just dancing away I don't, I've not seen the original clip but this boy just puts on whatever someone will suggest him and it is one of, I spent about 20 minutes just going through all these like 30 seconds videos, it's <laughs> absolutely hilarious, he's got some moves on him but I think that's that's a bit of a loss for Hearts because he um, he came in and he was very solid and I think uh, the fans took to him he took to the fans and yeah I think that could be a loss so a little bit of pressure on the boy from Leeds yeah uh, other other news Cal you were saying that there's rumoured that Anthony McDonald perhaps going on loan to Dundee United Dundee United yeah yeah apparently that is that is done that is from a friend of mine whose dad is a massive Dundee United fan so I don't know if he's clued up or not but there's there's a chance that he is away to to Dundee United, which would be good for him getting games. Robbie Nielsen certainly got Dundee United back in contention for going up, so it'll be interesting to see how he gets on there. Yeah, he's a player that's had a lot less game time under Levine this season. Um, purely because this season they've not they've they've not been needed as much etc. Yeah. So it's it's a good and bad. I think that, I think him. that I think that would be a good move for him to be honest. Yeah, I think get a, get a few games on loan, which. Brings us on to the next point of Arnold Jum, who is apparently top uh, contract talks have broken down, so will be leaving Hearts at the end of the season. And I was posed a question, very very oddly put to me by one of my friends, <laughs> saying, "Do we take caller questions to the panel? <laughs> to the panel? Uh, <laughs> I don't think we've ever been called a panel before, um, but yes, so." The question is, given that Jum will be leaving Hearts in at the end of the season, most likely, is it worth playing him as the better player in the rest the rest of the season? Or is it worth giving guys like Harry Cochran the opportunity to get games under their belt, to grow, etc., given that he will be a part of the, the Hearts squad for a few years to come? So, I mean, it's an in, it's an intriguing question. I'll answer know. the question. Talk to me. Hundred percent, hundred percent. You've just said hundred percent. Which which way? Which way? There's two Harry, options. Harry you can't just say hundred percent. Hundred percent agree with, with with giving Harry Cochran games. Quite frankly, um, I heard a similar debate on earlier. I heard a similar debate earlier on the radio today on Talksport. They were speaking about Everton, and they said that they had the boy Lukeman. 
and there's rumours that he's going to go alone to to Southampton, and and they were speaking about well, wait now this guy's done well for for Everett in the last couple of weeks, um, really impressive, <coughs> and so Walcott hasn't exactly set that you know set a light at Everton, sent him alone to Southampton, give the boy Lukeman games. Quite frankly, I think this falls in the same bracket. I think Cochrane's he's got more than potential. I think when he played last season, he was very impressive for such a young age. Hearts are a better team. I think that's going to benefit him playing in a better team. And at the end of the day, what are you going to do? Please a guy for four months? Quite frankly, I'd send him alone. What's the point? I mean, I can see that side of it. I certainly can. And I think the boy that posed, Adam, who posed the question to me, got a fair ripping in the group chat because of it. But for me... I think what the, is Jim the, the, doing? The, the, no, but see, the, the thing for me is the Everton scenario. What you what you said to me earlier is look, they're not going to get relegated this year. They're probably not going to finish top seven, top eight for well, they may finish eight to get Europe. So they're not going to be challenging for top. Like they're they're just in that sort of middle ground where it doesn't really matter where they finish. Whereas for Hearts, they've managed to get themselves back into a position where they are. The, the opportunity to be top four, to get into Europe, is there for them. So the thing is, do you play someone like Harry Cochran when you... I mean, yes, there's potential, but his ability is not as good as Jum's just yet. I mean, he could easily go on to be a better player. But if you're, if, if you're playing for a chance to get into Europe, for me, you've got to play the better, more experienced player. How many times have we said so far in this season, Cam, and probably the season's gone by, that... Jim just doesn't do enough. He doesn't do enough. He plays wide. He's not effective. I, I, I just... I think the only way he'd probably say, but let's put it out. Let's put it out to a poll. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think the thing is, there will be lots of intriguing arguments from either side because, obviously, you want someone like Harry Cochran to get game time. The only way he's going to improve is by getting game time. You could put him out on loan to... Uh, a championship team because that was another question that Adam posed to me if he was to go out on loan would you rather he went to a premiership team that was struggling i.e. a Dundee or a St Mirren or you know where he, like he's getting beat every week etc like that is he going to learn more from that or do you put him out to an Air United or Ross County you know challenging whereas whether they're going to be he's, he's going to be doing better they're going to be playing better football etc so it's I mean there's two sides to the coin again for me so where I do you stand? So for I, me, I I think, I, for I, think me, I think we are disagreeing on this. Yeah, I I think. He, but I mean, for for Jim, me, I, sorry, thank you. I look move at, on now. I, I look um, at I look at it from the point of view where Hibs in the space of a couple of seasons were losing um, Ian Murray pre contract to Rangers and Gary Caldwell pre contract to Celtic. So Hibs kept playing them both, and it helped them get higher up the table. Help them achieve a league position. So for me, that's where Harry Crock is not a dud, though. I'm not saying he's a Do dud. You know what I mean? But so I think I think you're. Well, hey, we disagree, but we'll put it out to a poll. Yeah, on, good idea. On Twitter, uh, probably tomorrow, so that people can have a listen to our arguments first. But last point, and this really annoyed me. I saw an article in the Evening News with James Collins talking about him him being on Owen Tudor Jones's podcast, mm. talking about Hibs and how the team that got relegated was absolutely useless. Slightly ironic given the fact that they were two mainstays of that team. But realistically, Hibbs would not have been relegated if Owen Tudor Jones knew how to tackle. Because if he doesn't half arse 
that tackle on the edge of the box against Hamilton, the ball doesn't break to Andrew, they don't get the equaliser, and then Hibs don't get relegated. On the flip side of that, Hibs went down, had to rebuild, Petrie took a step back, Dempster came in, Stubbs changed the mentality of the squad, Lennon's now manager, Hibs won the Scottish Cup. So would that have happened if Butcher had stayed in charge, would Hibs have been in an even worse position? Who knows? But I think for those two guys to be talking about Hibs, no. Beat it. Sorry. On that note, Cal. Yeah. Phil enjoyed the episode. Again, big shout out to, to, to Gary for coming on. Really appreciated and um, we hope you enjoyed the listen. Yeah, I hope so. I've been Andrew. I've been Cal. And that was the Edinburgh Football Podcast.